3: All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away, 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
4: All right. We are back. Question of the day. What is your favorite memory from Independence Day? And then also give me a vehicle that you once owned, that you sold or got rid of, that you wish you had back. That's our question of the day. Myself, Jeff Kitty, Charlie Grimes, of course, your engineer, Larry Unger, answering phones. And somebody texted a moment ago. By the way, lines are open. 303-477-5600. Lines are open. Call us. We'll get you right on air. If you're driving through, you're welcome to call as well. If you're driving through, you can listen to us anytime, anyplace with our app. KLZ Radio is our app. You can find that at the Google Play Store or the App Store on Apple. Somebody just texted and said, I heard this week or learned this week that synthetic oil and synthetic oil filters are rated for 20,000 miles. Hard for me to buy into this theory. Yeah, me too. You you can't go that far. Um, We have learned even on some of these late model vehicles, the ones that especially have direct injection, some of the smaller ports that are inside of the engines, and so on, that, yeah, you're not going to go that far. If you do, you're going to end up with trouble down the road. While it is a higher-quality oil and a higher-quality oil filter, you still cannot go that long, and this really does come down to the vehicle, you, the engine, how you drive, where you drive, and so on. But, no, 20,000 miles is, in my opinion, far, far, far too many miles on an oil change on any vehicle. Mike and Aurora, you're next. Yeah, John. Um speakerphone here. Uh yeah, I wanted to give you a I think maybe you said the magic words that caught my attention. Fireworks wars? Fireworks wars. We had those as kids.
5: Yeah, so did me and my brother as <laughs> teenagers.
4: We also learned, yeah. Mike, that you could make a bottle rocket travel straighter and farther, not out of a not out of a pop bottle, but out of a, a long tube PVC pipe, whatever. We also learned that. Yeah, you just stole my you stole my thunder. You had to you <laughs> had to drop them in though. You couldn't just let the fuse hang at the top yeah. like you did a pop bottle. You had to you know lower them down in. So you you'd hang on to it, light it, and then throw it down the tube.
6: Oh, you could. You had to uh, couldn't. You had
4: to put, uh, throw it down the tube. You said. Yeah, yeah we okay, we used yellow. to we'd light the fuse and throw it down the tube. Oh, man, the accuracy is what killed us, almost literally. Okay, here's another question. I know we're kind of going back, you know, this isn't a car thing, but did you ever make tennis ball cannons when you were a kid? Tennis? uh, What, blow-up? So you you never made it? Okay, so tennis ball cannons when we were a kid. Oh, cannons. Cannons. So you take soup cans, basically. You could take a tennis ball can as well, but typically you'd take about four soup cans, and you'd knock the bottom out of each soup can until you got to the very last can. You'd leave that top on and just perforate holes in it. And then you would take a little can opener and make a notch at the very bottom of the first can. You would then duct tape all those cans together or, you know, glue them together, do whatever. But you'd make them all together. And you would then take white gas. You could use lighter fluid, but white gas worked better. So you take white gas and you take a capful and you'd throw it down the top, spin that thing around, throw a tennis ball down it, and at the very bottom where the opening was, that's where you put your match, and it would shoot that tennis ball about 100 yards.
7: Damn.
4: We'd have uh, wars uh, with yeah. that, too, Mike.
7: <laughs> oh, God.
8: Yeah, we just we were getting our butts kicked, uh, hit by the neighbors and torsos and legs, and we didn't know why. We were being, you know, all prim and proper trying to shoot these pop bottle rockets at them using pop bottles. And we got one or two hits in three years' time, but mostly got burned hands. Yeah. And so I I decided to do investigative snooping next door uh, next day, and I saw these burned and PVC uh, uh, electric galvanized steel pipes. Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh, that's how they're doing it. That's how they're more
4: accurate, that's right. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, and of course they moved the next year before
8: we could uh, use it on them. But, I uh, nowadays, just even talking about this, probably get uh, every uh, SWAT team in the federal agency
4: on us. Yep. No, you're right. <laughs> Those were the days. Though. Those were the days, Mike. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. You're the man. <laughs> Mike, appreciate you. Thanks. Have a great one, man. Appreciate it very much. And Craig and Loveland's next. Craig, go ahead. Hey, John. I've uh, got a couple stories. One is, Fourth of July,
9: here's a memory uh younger, you know, kind of stupid. Weren't we kid. all? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, we tough. used to have the M250s, the m one hundred the big, big old bombs and stuff like that. But one time we had a, a milk pail, and we realized that the, a basketball fit on top of the milk pail. It <laughs> lit off. Okay. So we put an M250 in there, fire it, <laughs> And shoot the basketball up in the air, and we'd play 500 with it.
4: <laughs> oh, my word. That one bounces. I've never heard of. That's a new one on me, Craig. Good one, though.
9: Yeah. If it bounced, you got 75 points, and two bounces was 50 points. Okay. So it was uh, it was pretty wild, and it, it worked fantastic.
4: I've never Imagine seen an M100. 80s the most I've ever seen.
9: Oh, M250s. They were called Dago bombs. They were silver, silver salutes. And those suckers were so powerful. <laughs>
10: yeah.
9: Yeah, that was fun. Here's my other story. Okay,
4: so so I have a dumb question for everybody out there listening. Can you still buy, like, M80s and those sorts of things up in Wyoming, or has all that been tuned down as well?
9: You know, my guess would be it's they're they used to be just filled with sawdust. You'd have to get the real good ones with the black gunpowder, black market.
4: Got it. Yep. Got so they
9: weren't it. As, you know, they're not as powerful. You had to have your source.
4: <laughs> Got it. But
9: here's another story. So when I was like 15, 14, 15 years old, I had a go-kart, and then I had a step-through Honda 90, which was a four-speed automatic, or clutchless, I guess. Okay. So I decided to take that Honda 90 engine and put it on my go-kart. So, and the go kart had Posi in the rear. So I put it on there. I managed to fashion it and get it going and stuff like that. And it was so fun.
4: Hmm. I used to do
9: wheelies and hang out and stuff like that.
4: Yeah.
9: So kind of around that same time frame, uh, next block over, a kid named Ed, he was a couple of years younger than me, got a car from his neighbor, it was a 1956 Kleinschnicker Workie. So it's, uh, it's it was a microcar. It was made in Arnsberg, Westfalen, Germany, and it was all aluminum, no doors, two-seater, convertible, front-wheel drive, and it had an ILO 125 two-cycle, single-cylinder, dual-exhaust engine in the front. So they made those back after the war because they were cheap on gas, and it was like a, you know— a form of transportation mm-hmm. instead of a motorcycle. So I traded, we called him Warhead Ed. <laughs> I traded him the go-kart and $25 for the Kleinschnicker. <laughs> so it's, uh I, I, you know, I started, I worked on it. it. I got a run, and the guy bought it in 1968, actually, in Chicago area, because they started importing them from Germany. And so he was, the other guy was the original owner, the neighbor so I, I got the Klein Schnicker and I started working on it. And it needed work, but, you know, everything was kind of okay. So it was a three-speed on the tree, no reverse with a free-wheeling clutch. And I, you know, drove it around and this and that. And then, you know, life took over, and I got busy and just sat and sat and sat. And then I was moving from Chicago to Colorado, and, and a friend of mine, his friend was a sign writer in Jay Lundo's garage.
4: Wow. So he,
9: he knew Jay. And, and I told my friend Mike, I said, hey, you know, ask Bethel if he'll ask Jay if he wants, if he's interested in buying my Kleinschnicker. So he asked him, and Bethel came back and he said, Mr. X is interested. They called him Mr. X. So I put together documentation, sent him out a CD because he wouldn't take a, a soft copy. He wanted a hard copy. Right. Sent it out. And then Bethel got a stroke. So I lost my connection with Jay Leno. Ah. So I, ended up, I ended up putting it on eBay and sold it for six thousand dollars. Wow. Because it was a basket case. It was, you know, it, it was all kind of there, but it was one of those things I was okay selling it because I wanted someone to buy it to work on it more. You know, as there was in the
4: business. Sure.
9: So actually, the car I'll tell you was in the was in a Super Bowl ad. Back in, like, 1985, 86, they had a Cadillac Escalade that was in a parking lot. And then they showed it squaring off, facing head-to-head with my Klein- or the Kleinschnicker, And then at the end, it shows the Escalade carrying the Kleinschnickers um, down the road.
4: Hmm. Interesting. So,
9: yeah, it but, yeah. was a... Quite a story, I thought I'd share with you guys. Very,
4: very cool. No, that's great, Craig. Good story. Appreciate that very much. Um, I'll let you go. Mike, Will, guys, hang tight. We're up against a break. And uh, I didn't have any idea we'd talk mostly fireworks today. But hey, that's okay. You guys keep those stories coming. I've gotten lots of text messages and emails in of people loving it. So if you got a good story along those lines, let us know. 303 477 5600. We'll be right back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts,
7: we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, Southern Wyoming, and Western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff, Napa Auto Parts.
11: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance now at 303 662 That's 303
12: dot com.
1: pet portal plus don't forget to read their blogs at LoneTreeVet.com do you take your dog on hikes check out hiking the trail safely with your dog at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center they believe all pets deserve to have a good life call today 303 708 8050 or check them out LoneTreeVet.com are you in the
2: market for a reliable car that won't break the bank Bridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car.
4: All right, we are back. Myself, Jeff Kitty, Charlie Grimes, of course, yeah. our engineer, Larry Younger answering phones. Will and Aurora, you're next. Are you there, Will? Yeah. There we go. How are you, sir?
8: I already say I had a question on uh, changing oil from uh, you know regular to synthetic. Uh, okay. Years ago, I used to do something. I don't know. I was gonna ask if it's good or not. Uh, like after you drain it, put a quart of uh, diesel fuel in there and let it sit for a while and drain it.
4: Only if an engine's really, really, really sludged up would you have to worry about doing anything along those lines. And in today's world, if you've got one that sludged up, you've got other issues. So, no, not necessary.
8: Okay, because I've got – it's a lawn tractor. I've got It's been sitting for almost 10 years, and I got it running again. But uh, if, you, if you
4: pull the oil and the oil just looks dirty but still runs out fine, Will, I wouldn't add anything to it. Just put some new oil back in it. You should be fine.
8: Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Thanks a
4: lot. You should be good. Appreciate Mm -hmm. no. Good question. By the well. By the way, well appreciate that very much. Mike in Highlands Ranch, you are next.
6: John, thanks for taking my call. (laughs) You are welcome. Good. A couple of things. I was chatting with a a gentleman uh, that worked for Napa years ago, and he said, you know. Napa, or uh, we were talking about oil filters, and he said, you know, the Napa filters are made by Wix, and I said, yes, I understand that most mm-hmm. are made by Wix, uh, but then he said, of course, they were bought by man, and I went, and he said they changed it, so they're not nearly as good. I said, I don't believe that, I don't believe that at all, and uh, so I looked it up. Man, bottom in 2016, and the filters have improved since then.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know where some of these individuals, you know come up with some of the stories they come up with. And, Mike, as you know, and for anybody else listening, there are not just one but, you know, half a dozen guys out on the Internet that do testing on oil filters on a pretty routine basis, Bob the Oil Guy being one of them, and they'll cut these filters apart and show you right live on, on a YouTube video exactly what things look like inside. And, Mike, it is not hard to tell the difference from a good filter versus a bad one.
6: That's what I thought, and I, was, I went, wait a minute, uh, and I had not, uh, what I didn't know was about the corporate purchase. Uh, and I was not thrilled with myself, because that used to be part of what I used to do for a living. The other thing is, uh, a, friend, uh, a buddy of mine building a hot rod, best rear ends used to be Fords.
4: Ford nine inch for a lot of the hot rods are what is still to this day being used in a lot of hot rods. Either that or they'll go to an old Hillebrand quick change for the look side of it, Mike. But yeah, still a nine inch Ford is probably one of the most popular differentials for hot rods, mainly because it, you know, it's got that nice clean look to the you know to the housing itself. And of course there's guys making pretty much any nine inch, you know, width and you know, hangers and what have you and probably the most popular race car slash hot rod differential ever made.
6: And is it the str- – I mean, it, 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 uh, not only the looks that you just described, but uh, apparently there's some strength issues.
4: Oh, big time. And yeah, well, the reason why a 9-inch Ford – I've never talked about this on air, I don't think, but the b- biggest reason a 9-inch Ford has been so popular, especially among you know drag racers and even guys running the roundy round circuit and so on, is it's the only – Differential that has a pinion bearing at the very end of the pinion yep. itself. No other differential is made that way. So when you get a lot of torque on the pinion side, which is where the torque is generated from coming out of the drive line, you know, coming out of the out of the uh, you, you know out of the driveshaft itself, Mike. Every other differential is going to have some flex in the pinion itself, with the exception of a nine-inch Ford. Rarely will you ever see a nine-inch Ford pinion itself. Go bad. I mean, not saying they can't. I mean, you get enough horsepower in front of anything, something can go bad. But typically speaking, that nine inch is pretty indestructible.
6: Yep. Are they they readily available? Yep.
4: Yeah. Aftermarket, you can go to companies like Curry, Strange. I mean, numerous companies that are still building. You know, 9-inch Ford housings, nodular iron or aluminum pumpkins. You can get whatever spline size axle you want to put in them. I mean, on and on we go, Mike. The list is endless. Fascinating.
6: Okay, well, uh, uh, good stuff, John. Thank
4: and, you. And then again, much. that's the biggest reason why a lot of the guys use that is, A, it's super popular, B, it's super strength, so if you run anything in front of it, you can run a stick shift transmission, you can run an automatic, low horsepower, high horsepower, doesn't matter. The other advantage that a lot of the guys in the in the drag race world and even the roundy round world would do is because it's so easy to change the gear ratio by just changing out the pumpkin, you could carry two three different pumpkins around yeah. that would have all the Different ratios you needed, and you just slid a new one in, and off you go.
6: I'll be uh, okay. Because yeah,
4: I mean, everything's in the assembly on that third member itself, Mike. The housing's just the housing. Any other differential, it's a complete reset up of everything you're doing in the housing.
10: Well, and as far as setup, Ford 9-inch is the easiest one yeah, to set up. Yeah,
4: they've got, they've got, um, because so they've got spanner wrenches you can use to actually set your preload on your side gears and the whole nine yards, Mike. And then they're shimmed underneath the front uh, bearing Re-ping, housing yeah. itself on the on the front end as far as shimming the pinion goes. Easiest differential to set up as well.
6: So you can shim it up. You know, I was a teenager, and they were the biggest thing since sliced bread.
4: Yep. Yeah.
6: I, that's amazing.
4: Yeah, that's All why. Right. And, and, again, a lot of guys are using, you know, Corvettes were a big, you know, Corvette Jaguar independent rears were used in a lot of hot rods for years as well. But, honestly, that fad, Mike, is even really gone away you won't find too many hot rods built anymore with either a jag or a corvette independent rear because a it's just expensive it's not needed you can get just as good a ride quality and again because there's so many configurations and what you can do with that nine inch you can order up you mean you want to build a 32 highway roadster with a nine inch ford you can buy that housing off the shelf
6: yeah. I'll be damned Our, well great uh, great information guys take the rest of the day off
4: <laughs> no problem I appreciate you very much have a good one let's go to Jeff in western Montana's next Jeff do you, okay so in Montana do you still have the, the do you have the same no fun league for fireworks we have in Colorado or can you actually shoot something off
8: it depends on the city the People's Republic of uh, Missoula uh, about an hour south of us. It's illegal in the city limits. It's legal in the county, so that causes all sorts of issues. Okay. Up here, we've got up here we got fireworks stands all over the place. So Hong Kong Harry's and everybody else is,
4: <laughs> okay. is
8: busy up here. Uh, two things, real quick. One is that story about blowing things up, and the other is kind of a more serious note Paul's story about making bombs. That was kind of my story growing up, except. We had a guy, he was a valedictorian of our class, and he came up with a couple of improvisations that uh, first he would use a empty propane container instead oh. of a pipe.
4: Jeez. Okay.
8: And then, for rather than use a fuse, he came up with the idea of using, remember the old flash bulbs that you could get into yes. a camera, little ones? Yes. The little ones. And the Instamatic, yeah, he would uh, He would put those in. he put three of those in, wire them up. And then we'd just carry it up, set it up, run a, run a wire to it, hook it to a battery, and watch it go.
4: Yeah. I never thought of that. So
8: that yeah, I didn't either. He was That's why he was a valedictorian. I
4: guess so. Yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, but on, on a personal note, I uh, I don't think I talked about my service. I was in the Air Force for 28 years. And first first tour, for just after I re-enlisted, I was – kind of a fair weather guy, you know, Patriot. It was like, okay, yeah, I'm doing a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I went to survival training up in uh, Fairchild in uh, Northern Washington state. Okay. And, and the last part of it, what I went through was a POW camp. And so you're, you know, you're demeaned, berated, locked up, all sorts of different things that they do to you. And, uh, at the end of it we're standing there yet another speech by the commandant telling us how evil the united states is and everything else and how they're going to win in the war and and all of a sudden he comes to attention he calls us to attention we do an about face, and we look at the flag that was it was a camp flag and they'd replaced it with old glory and they played the star stangled banner we rendered a salute and they opened the gates and we walked out and for me that was the moment in my life where I said, I've lost something. I only lost it for like 36 hours, but I don't ever want to lose it again. Mm. Mm. So that was, that was for me the, the lesson that taught me the value of liberty mm. and how precious it is. And yep. if somebody takes it from you, they, they take just about everything.
4: So, yep. yep. Amen. Um, Amen. Good story, Jeff.
8: So, thanks a lot. Thanks guys. for your I'm service, a, too, Jeff.
4: appreciate you. Have a good yeah, Have a I'm good a, Independence Day, sir. Appreciate it. Kyle, Mark, guys hang tight. We'll come right back. We have one line open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses?
1: Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference.
7: At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every NAPA part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 NAPA auto parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NAPAonline.com for a location nearest you. NAPA. Get the good stuff.
13: Seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. That's seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. And the MLS two nine eight one nine one regulated by Dora.
4: Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Looks like Mark in Denver, you're next. Go ahead, Mark.
0: Uh, This whole program has turned into a confessional.
4: Ah, Yes, it has. Charlie said the same thing earlier.
0: Father Father John, forgive my sins.
4: You know, really quick, too. but I want to correct something I said earlier, which is the on, on the passenger car thing, the 9-inch Ford is the only car that I know or the only differential I know that has a pinion bearing at the very front of the pinion, a corporate 14-bolt large truck. Uh, you know the GM end of things also has the same, but that's not really used in applications not for street popular. rods and all of that. I've never seen a street rod with a 14 bolt; no. it's just way too big. You don't need it. But I wanted to correct myself before somebody else said, "Oh no, no, there's another one." Okay, I right. passenger car. That's it. But go ahead, Mark. Sorry.
0: That's all right. So you asked about uh, the good fireworks. I quit after the outlaw M80s. You can still get them, but you have to have an agricultural permit. Uh, for rodent control. Yeah.
4: Oh, okay.
0: So You can still get them, but that's, it's a bunch of monkey business. So I got bored with M80s. I used to tape four of them together and make a master fuse.
4: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, that wasn't enough. One wasn't enough for me. I had have all four. You had
4: to have all four. Gotcha. There.
0: Yeah. The other thing, too, is to fish with dry ice bombs. Take a mason jar, yeah. pack it full of dry ice, let some water in, and then screw the lid on and throw it overboard. The fish, the fish near Ground Zero, discard that one. The other ones just scoop them up and then and, and take them.
4: Yeah, that would do that. I hope the fishing game guys are not listening. Just saying.
0: No, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. And, and the last one. Well, of course we had uh, cherry bomb wrist rocket fights. Where we were younger, so we'd shoot cherry bombs at each other with oh, wrist rocket.
4: Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: One guy to one guy to light it, the other one to let it fly. So last one is the Kodak can. Film used to come in a metal can. Yeah.
4: You so date yourself, the match head down. okay? Okay, say film used to come in a metal can, yeah, it, yeah. like for like real, fi- yeah. like a real to real type film, yeah. Or, yeah,
0: like 30, 35 millimeter film.
4: Yeah, it came it in a, a can. Small yeah, right, that that's yeah. way before that's way before my time. I so, remember it. Okay, I'll have to look yeah. this one up.
0: You break off farmer matches heads, you know the wood ones. You know, pack it in there tight with a little bit of cotton, and then put a little bit of lighter fluid in there. Put a wick on the thing, tape it up, and then light it. And oh, I know. Okay, the I know the cans
4: you're talking about now. Okay, yep, 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 I get it. Okay, yep, makes sense. Makes sense.
0: Yeah, we wait for the train to come, drop it right into the fan of the train, and then have the railroad cops chase us.
4: <laughs> just. The railroad cops. So,
0: yeah, the railroad cops. They used to come after us after we stopped the train. I'm sure. So. That's it for me. I've sinned a lot, and
4: I'm done. <laughs> Mark, you're a good man, though. I know what you do outside of that, so you're a good man. All right, see you later. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Uh, Kyle in Dallas, you're next. Go ahead, Kyle.
14: Well, how are you, good? How are you doing today? I'm good, Great.
4: Kyle. How are you?
14: Doing well. Hey, uh, you kind of along the lines of uh, you talking about top-tier gas. Yes. I've been using top-tier gas for years and know the benefits of it. But there's another uh, type of gas, um, I know some of the Murphy stations up there yep. sell ethanol-free, and Correct. as a matter of fact, there's a website that lists ethanol-free gas stations. You can get on there and look up state-by-state. You know, state. Yep. Is, uh, is there any advantage in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, the gas that has, has no blend?
4: I think you get a little bit of mileage because you don't have the alcohol content. The alcohol content, as you know, just isn't as volatile, so it takes more of it to get the same fuel economy. So I would say your fuel economy will pick up with that. I would not probably drive out of my way to go buy that because by then I don't think, you know, you're kind of negating what you may actually get in a little bit more uh, fuel economy. There's some folks out there that will say that there's, You know, less corrosion and blah, 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 by going that route versus the, you know, versus the E10 or E15. Even there's not much E15 around here, most of it's E10. I, I, Kyle, I don't know. I, I think there was a lot of folks out in the day when they were really talking about going full E15, where, you know, your small engine won't run with it, blah, blah, blah. Kyle, in my business, we run a lot of equipment, a lot of small engine equipment off of that same E10 blend, which is what I buy in bulk, you know, thousands of gallons at a time, and I have not found any validity to all of the naysayers talking about all the small engine equipment that wouldn't run on E10. It just, frankly, Kyle, in my opinion, hasn't happened, and we will do in one week with a string trimmer or a lawnmower what most folks will do in an entire season. I'm doing in a week, and we don't have any issues, so I have not found that one to be true. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's kind of like the <laughs> well, old I, days heard. when the unleaded fuel got to be more and more popular and leaded fuel started going away, and everybody in the industry and out of the industry, oh, the valve seats are going to go bad. It's going to pound them out. You got to put hardened seats in. These engines aren't going to last on unleaded fuel. Rare, that was another rarity that just didn't happen very much, Kyle. It's another wives' tale in a way. It just didn't happen that much. Yes, there were a few that the valve seats would probably get pounded out, but I guess you'd have to ask the question would they have anyways, whether it was with unleaded fuel or not because the reality is after all of those years and i was in the industry at that time when unleaded fuel started to really take over leaded fuel started going away and that was the big talk is that these engines aren't going to last you just can't run that blah 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 it never happened i mean kyle my 68 grand sport gs i drove in high school that was an engine made for leaded fuel is still running today and i don't have leaded fuel available yeah, so uh, I, 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 you know, a, a lot couple, of those are wives' tales, as far as I'm concerned.
14: Well, I've I've run a couple of tankfuls of that no lead. I'm sorry, the the uh, on the non the non ethanol. Uh, I bought that. Yeah, the uh, from uh, uh, from Murphy Express, and you know, it seems like it uh, it just burns like anything else. I just didn't know whether there was any more. If you replace the ethanol with, uh, uh, you, took that, you took that out of there. Whether there's any more BTUs. Actually,
4: less. The ethanol actually will up the BTUs. It's a cooler fuel. That's why E85, you know, a lot of race cars will run... E85 and run that way because it's almost pure alcohol at that point. It's only 15% gas because otherwise you could drink it. It's grain alcohol, essentially. So they put the 15% fuel in it just to classify it as gasoline and not something you'd drink from a liquor store, Kyle. But other than that, it's really pretty much all alcohol. So it's going to run better. In fact, the more ethanol you have, the more power and the more volatile, quote-unquote, the fuel will be as far as its, its potency is concerned but is it is it you know is every vehicle on the road meant to run e85 of course not some may even struggle with e15 but again i think the verdict's even out on that kyle as to whether e15 is really as big a problem as everybody you know kind of ginned it up to be
14: yeah okay
4: i haven't found well, that to be true yet
14: guy i've ever uh, i've ever heard that built a uh, tennis ball can uh, i mean a uh, yeah tennis ball cannon <laughs> uh, i had a friend of mine in junior high that uh we built one. His dad used to drink Bush beer, and that was back. And they were the uh, they they still came in steel, steel cans. cans. <laughs> he uh, he had the he had the sixteen ounce cans, and we we uh, we put about four of those together, and would uh, uh, light it with a uh, with a uh, lighter. You know, once we put right. the lighter fluid in there, we shake it, vaporize yep. the yep. the lighter fluid, and then we would uh, put a lighter to it. Well, my friend got the idea to put a Coleman lantern. Uh, uh, starter uh, one of those flint starters in there so we didn't oh have to light the, you didn't have to uh, light it that the way top. good
4: idea by the way <laughs> great idea yeah, hit the button
14: twist it. yeah we just twisted, and then uh, you know it created a spark yeah. in there yeah yeah and we uh, uh man we uh we had so much fun with that thing oh we, we did too day. I was i was that's
4: telling that's jeff fine. the other day that not far from where i grew up my dad's house there was a school we had a little elementary school and had a football field not a big football field but it was built up so it had all this you know kind of this raised the field was raised let's just say it that way so everything off the field you walked down off the field which gave you this natural berm on each end you know each side of the football field so we'd have these tennis ball cannon wars where one team would be on the other side of the football field down below the berm and then and, and what would happen is you know some of the tennis balls would get stuck in the middle of the football field and so you'd always send little brother out or somebody to go get those tennis balls and of course they were the ones getting pelted by the other team when they're out retrieving tennis balls.
14: Well we, uh, we found out that if you used a tennis ball long enough it would it would start to burn the fuzz off the tennis yeah, ball. And yeah they, and they didn't they didn't
4: seal as well.
14: Yeah yeah no yeah that's true.
4: That's what yeah, we found so, uh, that, you know you wanted, wanted new tennis one balls one because otherwise the fuzz came off and they didn't seal up as nice.
14: Yeah, you know, we, uh, I went over there one day and I said, hey uh, let's, uh, let's get your, uh, let's get your cannonball out and go across the street. And it's uh, it's, he goes, no, my uh, my dad uh, made me take it apart. And I said, why? Well, he lived across the street from a parochial school. <laughs> and he went over there one day, and he was dinking around with it and uh, shot a uh, uh, tennis ball through a window. Oh, no. Well,
4: <laughs> oh, they would do that, too. They'd have enough power. They'd do that. Sure. Sure.
14: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man, if you got hit with one of those yeah, things, they'd yeah, leave a welt on you.
4: <laughs> well, that hurt.
14: Oh, Yeah yeah so they complained about the window, and I think he had to replace it, and his dad said, "No, no more of that you're so done was that was, uh, that was the end well of we that, started
4: right? off Kyle with just lighter fluid because that's kind of the way we started and i don't i don't even remember who you know how we even got started on that, but and I'm the one I think that figured out to use the set of soup cans we just used one soup can and two tennis ball cans, made it a little bit longer, and you'd cut the bottoms out of the tennis ball cans, and they were nice, and, you know they were just perfect they'd fit in there just right, and the soup can was the lighter you know, as the ignition source at the very bottom that you put the match in, and it was shorter so you could, you know. We started using lighter fluid, then I decided, well, wait a minute, I think we can get more potency out of this if we use Coleman fluid, you know, use some white gas in it. and So we always use white gas after that instead of the lighter fluid.
14: Huh. Well, I wish we'd known that because we just used lighter fluid. <laughs> Oh, the
4: white gas was way more potent. You could shoot them another 20, 30 yards with white gas.
14: Oh my gosh, we may we may have got in some real trouble <laughs> if we have known that.
4: The lighter fluid was great, but the white gas was even better. Oh man. Wow. So and cheaper, you, you by the way, the back then because you could buy days, white days, gas days, for, for you know it time wasn't time. very much per gallon back then. It was really it was yeah. it was the cheapest thing to use.
14: Oh yeah, yeah. You could buy that by the gallon. Yeah, we it was, was way okay. cheaper than lighter
4: fluid. It.
14: Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'd buy that by the gallon in uh you right. know, Gibson's and yeah, you know, exactly. all the other places exactly yeah, before we go camping yep did you did you say earlier that one of your sons is moving back to colorado
4: yeah i've got one that's in dallas or you know actually he's in uh he's outside of dallas in in a little town called ben wheeler so but he's coming back here in about a month and a half or so
14: oh okay well good for him
4: yep yeah i'm good i'm glad to have him back it'll oh, be fun
14: knock the, knock the summers a whole lot better.
4: oh yeah I and mean, a lot of it's just you know he's he's, he's got a, a job offer and it's worthwhile coming back so yes
14: we're good for him.
4: Yep. Kyle, appreciate well, you, man, you very good, much. Uh, you have a good holiday. You do the same thing, Kyle. Thank you very much. John and Loveland, hang tight. We'll come back. Another line open 303 477 5600. Drive radio, KLZ 560.
7: At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better from the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you.
5: Napa. Get the good stuff. You listen to drive radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly. And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the Mobile Estate Planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are
7: life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what?
4: Ladies and gentlemen, rev up your engines and mark your calendars for the 6th
12: annual Rocky Mountain Car Show and Swap Meet. It's going to be an incredible event for car enthusiasts and families alike. Get ready to experience one of the largest car shows in the area. Join us on August 5th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Rocky Mountain Metro Airport, conveniently located at 11905 Corporate Way in Broomfield. Entertainment will be in full swing throughout the day, ensuring there's never a dull moment. Prepare for the thrill of airport flybys, showcasing the beauty of flight. Treat your taste buds to a mouth-watering selection of food options. From live music to engaging activities, there's something for everyone. Don't miss your chance to display your prized vehicle at the car show. Car show entry is just $10, and you can park your classic or unique ride starting at 8 a.m. It's an opportunity to showcase your passion for automobiles and support the Collector Car Council of Colorado. We've got an extra treat for you. Drive Radio will be broadcasting live from the event. Come by and say hello to John Rush and his crew. Tune in, turn up the volume, and join the excitement. So mark your calendars for August 5th. The sixth annual Rocky Mountain Car Show and Swap Meet is an event you don't want to miss. Gather your friends and family for a day filled with automotive wonders, delicious food, captivating collectibles, thrilling flybys, and live entertainment. Remember, car show entry is $10, and spectator admission is just $5 per adult. All funds raised go towards supporting the Collector Car Council of Colorado.
4: All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. John and Loveland, you're next. Go ahead, John.
10: Thank you. Uh, quick uh car that I regret letting go of is the seventy two Mustang Mach
4: One. Oh yeah. Love that yeah.
10: And the and the sound of the original mufflers were unbeatable. Um
4: anyway. Yeah that's and and that, as you know, that's a car worth, you know, good money today, of course.
10: Yeah. I wish I had kept it. The fireworks story I wanted to relate uh, briefly is: uh, we grew up, my brother and I grew up uh, in our teenage years uh, back east on a in a house on a mile-wide river.
4: Okay. And
10: after the community to the east of us, all those house owners were were chipping in to put on a, a fireworks display. After they got done, it was pitch black out, and my brother decides we should have our own uh, grand finale. He says, go in and get a cherry bomb. So I got a cherry bomb, and he got an old arrow and his bow, and we got some masking tape. We taped the cherry bomb to the the arrow. He draws back, and my job was to light the fuse. So I light the fuse. He lets loose with the arrow, goes out over the water. We're squinting to see if we can see the flittering of the fuse. And I just happened to look down, and that cherry bomb is right at our
4: feet. Oh, (laughs) no.
10: I had a split second to push him one way while I fell the other way. We got peppered with sand and gravel. (laughs) But my my dad. Did
4: it just not stay attached to the arrow, or what? Oh, yeah. Masking tape is not that. Oh,
10: yeah. Yeah. yeah, Good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My dad says. Yeah, you learned a very uh, important scientific principle about inertia. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, That's awesome. We, uh,
10: we had a, we had a lot of fun. I'm surprised we have all our fingers. Uh, front, I've but, gotten
4: several different text messages in today talking about the very same thing. It's amazing we're all uh, still here. You uh, know, you know, I say all that, you know, but yet in all seriousness, John. I'm afraid that because we bubble wrap these kids to the point today where there's literally uh, no fun, no challenge, no nothing in life, I'm wondering, you know, yeah, we're trying to protect them, but are we in the end?
10: Yeah, it's uh, it's the overprotective helicopter parents yep. that are denied.
4: Yep, I don't know that we're really protecting. We're not helping them is my point. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. learning some of those lessons, like you were talking about, you know teach very very valuable lessons on down the road that's
10: that's the common sense quotient yeah. right there yeah. i mean the stuff we did that oh wow maybe this isn't such a good idea is what where we got some of our right common sense from so right I well mean, it's like the saying says that uh, experience is the best teacher except if you pack your own parachute
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah good point
10: Anyway, thanks, John. No, thank
4: you, you. Appreciate you, John, very much. Good, good story. All, all of you guys today, by the way, have many text that's messages been a, have been coming in as well. Been a
10: fantastic show. Yeah,
4: I've really enjoyed it. And uh, the time has uh, slipped away. I think I learned how to fish in a new way. <laughs> <laughs> just, I will not do that. Just don't get caught. I will not do that. Never fear. I will. I will not fish the way some have suggested today, or that, or how they have fished in the past. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. I, will, I will not be doing that. Yeah, it just no. That's that's yeah, not going to do that. So, uh, and would not advise others to do that either. But I, it was a different time then. I wouldn't advise much of what was discussed on this show to do. <laughs> uh, I want to mention too, as you guys heard, some of the ads today will be live August the fifth out at the uh, Collector Car Council. Uh, that particular event, we will be out there. You've heard the ads for that running today. And it's the Rocky Mountain Car Show and Swap Meet. So not only is it a car show, but there'll be things there to buy and sell and collectibles and all sorts of different things going on as well. So I can't say enough about that. Dick and the guys from the uh, Collector Car Council, always, always, always a great event. We've been involved with them now for, gosh, a number of years. Um This is the sixth annual up there, but we've been involved with Dick and the Collector Car Council for many years prior to that even. It's going to be an event from 10 to 2, although we'll be live there on air from 9 to 1. And you can start bringing your car. If you're going to show your car, you can actually start showing up at about 8 o'clock. It's a $10 donation per car for the show, $5 donation per adult. So as far as spectators go, and kids are free. So, again, it's a great family event. All those proceeds, by the way, go to help the Collector Car Council, who, who, by the way, I should mention this for a moment. I've never really talked much about this, but they do all sorts of things in town. In fact, they're one of the reasons why we have the antique plate Car end of things here in Colorado that we have. It's organizations like them that even help draft up a lot of the legislation that we have when it comes to collector plates. So a lot of you guys that are running around with five-year collector plates, not having to dink around with emissions tests and all of that, uh, you can thank the Collector Car Council for a lot of what went on in getting that le- you know that legislation passed. In the first place, it's because of organizations yep. like Dick and his guys that actually enabled a lot of that to happen in the first place. So they do a lot when it comes to you know, helping that vintage car world continue to thrive, not just here in Colorado, but other states as well. The yep. other thing that they do, they're very big, uh, and, and Dick can attest this as well, when it comes to the drafting of legislation that may eliminate some of those older cars. And as we get a little bit further down the road and EVs start to become more popular, it's going to be very, very important that we keep things on the books that allow that sport, if you would, or, or that that hobby to continue. And so your donations going to the Collector Car Council, my point is, all of that's going to a good cause. It's just yeah. not going in Dick's pocket. You know, this is going yeah, to help keep those things moving forward. Keep the heritage of the automotive correct so i want to make sure that you know i mentioned that clearly that when yeah. we're out there that's really what that's all about so this is a this is an event to not only come see some great cars airplanes vendors will be there as well but the idea is to raise money to help the collector car council continue to do the things that they've already been doing for quite some time by the way so yeah. a lot of this happens behind the scenes where a lot of you don't get to see the direct result of You know, uh, immediately, but as time goes by, you see more and more results. And, again, just the antique collector car plates we have in Colorado are are part of what goes on there. So not not all of what they do, but that's a big part of it. Uh, One last thing, too, I should mention. Worldwide Vintage Autos, for a lot of you, we were out there at their event here just a few weeks ago, and a lot of you that are either looking to sell an old vintage car or buy an old vintage car or truck. Their inventory updates daily because they sell about a 1,000 cars a year. So uh, online right now, there's about 195 to 200 vehicles listed. If there's something specific that you'd like, by the way, you can always call them and say, hey, if you have a seller of XYZ, I may be a buyer. Well, they can then start a list, and when somebody calls in and says, hey, I've got a vehicle to sell, well, then you could be the first call. Yeah. when that particular vehicle may come up. So just just a kind of piece of advice, 877-422-1570 is their phone number. With that, we're going to get out of here. Myself, Jeff Kitty, Charlie Grimes, Larry Unger today. Guys, have a fabulous Independence Day week and weekend. Enjoy. Be safe most of all. Yeah. And again, thank you so much for listening. And if you're traveling through, listen on the app, klzradio.com.
3: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments.